You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary (laughs) podcast. Today is Monday... March 11th. March 11th, 2019. You're listening to episode 354. That's 354. You got Four it. beyond 50. That's 354. Good day. How you doing? We're going to keep this episode breezy. Breezy. Light and breezy. I didn't even tell Rob Feeling I was going to start. I good. just. He just started <laughs> and it was great. Wow. Hey, what's going on? Don't shake the microphone. That was not cool. Why did I do that? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it when you do that kind of crap. What was I going to... Um, I don't know. I saw a new trailer or something lately. Uh, I feel like there was a movie thing. I was there was... Uh, was there a new Captain Marvel trailer? Captain Marvel looks amazing, first of all. Yeah, it looks great. Wowza. Um, did you ever finally watch the trailer for Far From Home? Spider-Man? I did. Spider-Man. I did, yeah, Spider-Man. with Mysterio in it. Yeah, yeah. That looked neat. Looks good, right? Looks good. Was there a new Avengers trailer, too? Yeah, yeah, a short one. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah, anyway. The the best I think Avengers trailer was the first one where it ends with like Scott Lang just showing up and being like, "Hey, yeah. remember me?" <laughs> yeah. It's just so him. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm pretty yeah. stoked. I I think there was a lot of stuff that was was uh was viewed over the Super Bowl uh yeah. action yeah. and I didn't watch the Super Bowl. And if you're if you're planning on um if you're planning on going to see Avengers Endgame, yeah. Uh, so are lots of other people. Yeah. And now even more because because Disney was like, how could we make a license to print money, a license to print even more money? Uh-huh. What trailer should we attach to Avengers Endgame? Oh, are they putting the Star Wars trailer? On <laughs> yeah. That? Right. Whatever. I know. Right. I mean, so I was. I mean, I'm not go. surprised. Yeah. I mean, it's really yeah. smart because it'll it'll be online a day later. Yeah. I yeah. Know. And I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think my uh, my feelings about the Last Jedi are clear. Yes, um, I loved it. Red Letter Media did a really good analysis of the Last Jedi. Oh yeah, okay. So how you're supposed to feel about it? Cool. <laughs> 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 you walked into that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I so I was already feeling. In fact, you you and I had had that conversation on the show. And it was like four or five months later, I think that their video came out. They're they're now it, maybe it wasn't that long anyway, but it was it was a couple of months later that their their kind of breakdown of it um, came out later. It was it, later. It was their um their you know Mr. Plinkett uh, thing. Was, I was just, I forgot that was I was yeah. gonna say what is that like Mr. Plinkett? It yeah. is yeah. Her, um, this game is more disappointing than my son. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Yeah, except we yeah. movie, not game. Well, um, I said game because it's a game podcast, Rob. Yeah, but uh, uh it's it, it, like and it was. It was a lot of things that I was feeling that they they're what they're really good at is articulating uh articulating specific criticism of, of stuff that I think when they get they don't often get into that often they're just right. being silly and goofy and and making uh tasteless jokes and things right really tasteless really jokes. tasteless jokes yeah but like, when, I don't watch their stuff anymore because it's pretty bad it, it can get pretty yeah. pretty unpleasant sometimes but um when they get into the the uh the their detailed critical uh, analysis of things like that, like they've done with the star Wars pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of really smart, um, 
a lot of really smart criticism in that. Right, right. And and I think that's worth worth viewing. And and all the Plinkett stuff. I, I mean, it's well presented. It's funny. Right. Uh, and 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 it's good critical analysis. Right. I I just want to do a little critical analysis here. Yeah, go ahead. The fact that you said pictures. Mm-hmm. What is this? The freaking talkies, Rob? I didn't even realize I, that I said I like that. the talkies. The Star Wars pictures. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> I some people say that I don't care. Um, <laughs> we had one friend that used to say the theater instead theater. of theater. Oh. That drove me crazy. Like that's and not sh- how people say that. He was doing it to drive you crazy, probably. Honestly, he probably thought it was pronounced that way. He was never that bright. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, you know who actually also, if you want a short little yeah. honest review of a movie, yeah. honest trailers actually does a pretty good they job. Do. Yeah, of like yeah, it's 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 like, also kind of punchy yeah. and funny and meant to be fun, but yeah, it, but, yeah. it, but they do well. Yeah, and when a movie is good, they'll say like we're just making crap up because this is a really good movie. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yep, yeah. Honest trailers, they need to be honest. They do. Yeah. Uh, but also, the biggest news though in trailers. Oh, the Frozen Two trailer came out. Rob, Frozen Two. Yeah. yeah. I it's big news in my house. We watched it about fourteen times. Did you? About fourteen times. It was great. Yeah. Um. So, okay. it's uh actually. Wh- you have you seen the first Frozen? No. Okay. okay. No. God. No. Uh-uh. Uh, what is what caught my attention was uh somebody from somebody I might be Chris Leader actually from uh Calliope uh post, we're friends on Facebook and he posted um. He posted, apparently they're going to make Elsa a superhero in the second one. And I kid you not, the beginning, like the first like 60 seconds of the trailer is like, she looks like she's like Spider-Man trying to figure out how to use her powers. It was was actually kind of neat. Like in the music was like, so it was a little weird, right? Like, not a superhero movie. One more thing. Okay. So another trailer I saw recently, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. I knew nothing about Doom Patrol. No, I don't know anything. Other about than Brendan Fraser plays a steampunk robot. Oh, I think I saw <laughs> a picture. I, of that. Was, uh, I think I saw a picture. And I was like, "What is that? Who is that idiot in this <laughs> I, stupid Fraser bad foam costume?" But it's Brendan Fraser. Um, that doesn't help me. So anyways, uh, <laughs> it looks it looks interesting. Okay, and then cyborgs in it, but it's like not, not the same cyborg. The same, it's. The Vic Stone cyborg, which means nothing to me, but they keep saying that, like, because DC's like, we want you to know this isn't the guy from the movies, right? Who probably has a different name. Sure, I don't know DC stuff. I don't know. Either. I know Batman. I unfortunately know about Superman. Yeah, but he sucks, and that's about it. Yeah, Superman's just kind of boring. Um, hi, I'm good at everything. Ha ha. Laser right. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I haven't been watching trailers that's lately. That's all. Yeah. So. Okay. Anyways. Cool. Let's move on. I started playing... Oh, uh, let's talk about your stuff. Yeah, I started playing... Yeah, because you didn't ask me anything about me didn't care. last episode. Was, didn't I can tell care. you still don't care, but I'm still going to talk. <laughs> uh, I started playing... Uh, so, so, you know, I'm still deep in uh, uh, Hitman 2, and I'm still playing the game. Because people want to hear you talk more about Hitman 2, But Rob. what I started playing is I, I've been craving a good, deep RPG for a while. Yeah? Uh, and I went back and started playing Final Fantasy VII, and that game... Man, it's hard going back to that game. Uh, the, the 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 basic RPG part of it is great, but it's all the little mini games and things around it that are just terrible, that did not age well at all. Anyway. Great, great. So I bought uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, Have you played Divinity Original Sin 1? I've not. Okay, just curious. I've not, but this was on sale on my PS4. 
and uh, it's really, really highly, highly rated, well reviewed RPG. Uh, and I think, I think it might be. I might hate this RPG more than any other game I've ever played. But you're playing it. Well, I'm. I've probably got about six hours in it right now. And you're gonna keep playing it. I don't know. But I don't you know. hate it. Why would you keep playing it? Like, but I feel like, but it's so well reviewed. It's. I feel like I'm just missing something. Oh yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm missing something. Maybe I need to get deeper into the story. Here's a thought. Here's this is this is this is a crazy thought, Rob. Yeah. Maybe the reviewers like different types of games that Wait, you right. like. It's possible. It is possible. But 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 I got so I'm six hours into it. Right. One of the one of my party members is is an undead guy. He's just a he's a, a living skeleton. Burns. Okay. Oh no. And no uh, don't say that. Arg. He uh, and he's from some ancient race, whatever. It's a thing, and 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 there's some cool lore that they're putting together around this, uh, and and to, it, I won't get into it. It's it's actually it seems like it's a good setting, um, and he he seems like an interesting character. But I get out of a battle, and this guy's uh, this guy's been killed twice in the battle, and I've resurrected him twice. Yeah, which um, is convenient because he's a skeleton, he's, right? So. Anyway, and uh, and then I go, and he so his health is really low, and so I'm out of battle, and then I give him a healing potion, and he dies. And I realize, oh, that's because he's undead. So if I I heal him, he's dead. But wait a minute. When other people were attacking him, he was also losing health. So like, there's a disconnect in the logic there in some way. Well, no, if you take damage, taking health, but positive energy also does damage to him. Anyway, but what pissed me off is they didn't warn me about that. They didn't warn me about that. It's kind of funny though. It's so. Like, did you bring him back to life? No, I got pissed off and turned the game off. <laughs> And, and I lost about an hour and a half of progress because the game does not autosave very well. <laughs> it's like, hey, dude, take this potion. I don't know. I just, and, and at that point, I was out of healing potions and out of resurrection scrolls. So what was I going to do? I'm so sure how do you a, heal him? I don't know. That's the thing. Negative energy? I have no idea. Dark potions? Do I poison him? Is that going to heal him? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. And the game hasn't told me Maybe he just did a cast, Rob. The, the game hasn't told me that. And that's yeah. frustrating to me. And that pissed me off. Anyway. So, yeah. You know what used to make me mad about Dungeons & Dragons along What's those lines? What's that? You couldn't critical hit against undead. That was like... like Is that a 3-5 thing? Yeah. Which we, we ignored that rule because it was well, stupid. Sure. Because yeah, you can critical good. hit against anything. Sure. Like, unless you're fighting... No, anything. Really. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if it's like, you know, some kind of huge, massive super boss, you can still do a critical hit. It's just not going to... It's well. So it depends on how you define critical hit, right? Does critical hit mean it does more damage? Or does critical hit mean it hits some sort of critical thing? They define it as it hits some sort of critical thing. But like, if I'm fighting a skeleton, uh-huh. right? And I can hit its spine... Yeah. Instead of its ribs. Sure. Theoretically, that would do more damage. I could totally... I'm down with that. Now, if I'm if I'm a rogue and I had some bleed ability, yeah, that shouldn't work on a skeleton because he doesn't bleed. He doesn't bleed, right? right? But I mean, as we know, if, if he can bleed, we can kill it. Um, right. But um, yeah. But even then, I could say, you know, bleed. Bleed is up for, for interpretation. Maybe you're bleeding. By, by doing that, you are uh, uh, wounding it enough that some kind of dark energy continues to flow out of it or something, right? That could be, yeah, or maybe yeah. his spine just keeps just falling apart like Jenga. Yeah, it's starting to crumble. You know, hey, I I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to come up with a, a lore reason for that to still work. Right, Yeah. right. So let's talk about RPGs, unless you had another thing to talk there about. There was something else I was going to say really quick, yeah. and then we're going to talk about RPGs. We're okay. going to talk about RPGs a lot. 
um, I guess. Uh, tabletop Simulator. I've been using the yeah. hell out of Tabletop yeah, Simulator. Right. It is really useful. Good. It's weird and it's quirky. Good. Uh, it's buggy. Well, it's yeah. not buggy. That's not. I don't think it's. I think it's just weird and quirky. Uh huh. It's quirky, not buggy. Uh, but for playtesting, yeah. Wow, good. It's really useful. Yeah. So, anyways, I need to learn how to use it. Right yeah. now, I just know how to play games with it, and only when Neil tells me how to do it. <laughs> but it's been amazing for playtesting. Good. Uh, at a distance. Yeah. Good. So. Yeah. You just you're I throwing stuff that. around. It's because I'm breezy. Yep. Easy breezy. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about RPGs. RPGs. Yeah. So okay. I'm stoked. Um. So we. I, I've got some friends. Uh, the a couple that we're friends with. That uh um we I this is the guy that I played uh Warhammer with um Warhammer 40k with uh I think it was one one time last year I might have talked about that uh which was not my jam um. It was cool, but it was not my jam. Anyway, um, but but uh, you know, we we they helped me do a lot of playtesting on um, item shop, and and they've expressed to 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 Christine and I that you know, hey, we we never played an RPG, but really we'd like to play an RPG, right? And we we saw them over the winter and uh, hung out with them a little bit, and they they brought that up again. We're like, man, you know, really really love to play an RPG sometime. And they've and you were like, get over it, leave me alone. <laughs> and, and really, they they're saying, I want to play D and want to play D and I want to play D and 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 of course, I'm thinking, you guys, you don't really want to play D and D because you're not those people, right? Um, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. What I mean is. You, you don't want to spend all that time doing character creation. You don't want to learn all the rules and all of the details of D&D. You want to play a fantasy role-playing game, but I don't think you actually know what, what you're, you're getting into. You're getting to if you say, I want to play D&D. So that got me... That got me looking mad, at, and you just deleted the friendship, lost an hour and a yeah, half. Yeah, right. Progress. I mean, we've written them off at this point. <laughs> uh, even uninstalled them from the PlayStation. Good job. <laughs> um so and that got me thinking about wow you know what other what other fantasy rpg systems are there out there that are have an easier entry point that don't have the heavy lift of D&D? like like as part of the example D, &D um as as the the dungeon master you need to buy like at a minimum you need to buy the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide and the monster manual that's $150 that you have to spend yeah yeah i already spent that much money and more on 4th edition I don't want to spend all that money again to buy in right. on fifth edition. So just don't play D and D. Play something else. Well, so that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm here to talk about. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I I started looking to what other options were out there, and I came to Dungeon World. Uh, and Dungeon World is a I think I got it as a PDF off of Drive Through RPG. Aren't they the ones that did X Crawl? Oh, I don't know. X Crawl was was stupid good. Okay. I don't know. It was it was fantasy version of the Running Man. Oh, neat. In teams. I still have the book. Okay, that sounds no, neat. I think I got rid of it. I sold all my books. I don't know. Okay. Why are you looking at me? Because uh, you were talking. <laughs> Mutants and Masterminds, you could do that. No, uh, so I'm going to talk about Dungeon World a little bit. Oh, let's talk about Dungeon World. Okay, so I got the PDF, a PDF off of um, uh, Drive-Thru RPG. I think it was like $10. Uh, and and I, I liked it. I liked it right away. It's, I mean, it's... It's it's sort of it's that the feeling of you know of D and D fantasy D and D big damn heroes right, um, uh, and and going on adventures and but it's also it's it's structured to be a little more freeform a little improvisational and in fact the rule book goes goes to great lengths to help the the game master 
uh, um, structure the campaign so that they set goals and set challenges for the players, but without, but 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 keeping them big picture, right, mm-hmm. and helping them understand how to sort of improvise uh, a, the story as it goes along with the players. Um, and that was really inspiring for me so much so that that after reading through the entire PDF, I actually went on Amazon and bought the paperback book that was like twenty five bucks. Whoa! So um, <clears throat> that's so, impressive. So I I really I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into it. <laughs> Um, and I started thinking about, you know, Hey, uh, one of the, one of the, the most uh, the earliest things it says in that book to, to the game master, it, it says, when you're thinking about running this game, draw maps, leave blanks. Um, and I thought, you know what, that's a really smart way to think about that, right? Draw a map, you know, you are here and you need to go over here, but don't, don't identify all the stuff in between there because that's part of the adventure, Right. Well then, how do you know what's in between there? Well, that's that's that part of the the improv improvisational story that you're coming up with with your players. I don't like this. And the players are contributing to the story as much as the game master. Well, the players is. Can, can still contribute to the story. We give them a map. Hey, this is the map. This so, is where you're going. So, so, and you're not wrong about that, right? And 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 where I, where I go from that in my head is is to think, okay, well, so so there's you don't have to necessarily do it exactly the way. There's so many different levels in, of interpretation for that. You could draw a big detailed map and have a great time. In fact, that's what you do in D and D most of the time, right? Um, and there's still plenty of room for improv. Or it, 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 or you can you can draw it. You're here. You need to go there. And and I don't know what's going to happen in between. Let's figure that out. You tell me, right? And in in that. The, how that goes depends a lot on on the group, you know, and you, and you need to kind of adjust that based on how the group goes. And so this was kind of ringing in my ears, right? And I've been thinking about this for a few months and thinking about, well, gosh, if I was going to start a campaign, I don't know if I could get people to compete, uh, commit to a campaign because we're all adults and we all have have adult things that we have to do all the time, and it's it's hard to get people to commit, right? Um, with with this other couple, um. And I was thinking about that. And the other day, uh, I, I saw uh, Andy Lennox, good friend of the show, former third host. Smart guy. Yeah. he he. I saw his reply to a, a chain on Twitter. And so I'm going to go back to the original tweet and, and read you through this chain that I thought thought was really inspiring. So Okay. Okay. And, uh, and I'll, I'm ready to be inspired. Okay. I'll, you'll understand soon where I'm going with this. Okay. So okay. Uh, right. so the first, the original... Uh, Tweet was from Joe DeSimone. I don't. I don't know who he is. Oh, Joe. No, no idea. Uh, it's hot take. Adventure writers should care about information theory as much as they care about storytelling, perhaps more. Adventures aren't short stories; they're guidelines. So I think what he's saying with that is, you know, if I'm going to buy a campaign module or an adventure module, I don't want it to tell me the exact story I have to tell. I want it to give me some parameters that I can work within yes. and find my own fun, right? I agree. Absolutely. RPGA D&D was terrible at that. Absolutely. So and so then, uh, so uh, next reply was from Questing Beast. Uh, it's in this chain that I was reading. There's a lot of replies to that. But this one says, uh, my table doesn't need published advent- adventures, meaning a pre-planned series of events. What I need are adventure locations, interconnected environments, dense with diverse types of risk and reward, and a precarious status quo ready to be tipped. I like that. Yeah. And so then Andy replied and said, seconded, making realistic, interactive, and wondrous locations is the grunt work that I don't have time to do. Everything else is fun stuff I can make time to do. That's my favorite part of D&D is making those those funny, crazy locations, though. Like... 
And that me and I was thinking about that. I was thinking, gosh, you know what? Me too. Like I live for that. I love like I like to be able to set up a crazy scenario and be like, go. Yeah. And 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 I I the for me the the most fun part went back when I was running a campaign for for us that you were a part of, right? Was was doing the world building and 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 thinking about what factions are there and what are these places and how these things might connect to each other. And and again, and not getting too specific necessarily, mm-hmm. but starting with that big picture world building. And I really, really enjoyed that a lot. And and so I was thinking about this and thinking that I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. And and I find that exciting in addition to things like drawing maps, right? Um so I was thinking, what if what if there was what if there was an opportunity to make something for that to make a you know a system agnostic campaign setting where you provide a world okay mm-hmm. uh you provide you you provide a map of that land you provide names you you set up uh, uh cities and holds and you know and or or territories of some kinds and you say this is the power structure here. This is the, the political structure here. This is how the, this connects to that. Um, here is higher artists and say, this is, this, this is the, you know, the symbol of this house, you know, um, uh, and, and create a setting, create a world like that, but not a specific adventure. Get, give GMs a world to play in. Yeah. That's you know, cool. and then, and then add to that, not a specific adventure to follow, uh, to follow, but a series of story prompts. You could tell a story about this. You could set up some conflict uh, between these two factions. Well, it could be, I mean, it could be as simple as this area is the blah, blah, blah. Legend says, or exactly. Rumors are. G- give it, give it some history. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What, what are the gods of this world? Right. right. What, what are the stories that have been told about those gods? What artifacts might there be somewhere in this world that connect with those gods right. and with those legends right. and those histories. Right. Yeah, and I thought, boy, what a fun thing. So you're not telling a story, like a narrative beat-by-beat beat story from beginning to end. I mean, you certainly could do that at some point right. in the process, but that's not necessarily intended to be... And you would actually probably do that many times over in short in short form. Right. Um, it, so so the stories you're telling are not... They're not meant to be the story that the players follow, but they, but they, are, they are meant to be the background of this world to help people find find space in it and find context in which to build their own stories, tell their own stories, yeah. build their own adventures. Basically, it's being uh, role-playing J.J. Abrams. <laughs> He's really good at world building, yeah. not so great at storytelling. Yeah, right. So. In, 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 in another sense, it's almost like, uh, it's like writing the appendices to The Lord of the Rings without writing The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. To tell people what this world is and what its history is without telling them what their story should be. Right. Yeah. I and mean, even being semi vague about some of those things, right? Yeah. You know, um yeah. And yeah, I th- yeah. like so I've I've been getting kind of more excited about that idea over the last couple of weeks. It's a great idea. I mean, I, again, that is my single most favorite part of role playing yeah. is the setup is setting up a crazy scenario, you know what I mean, to where um right. even I think even doing prompts as much as saying like this is a, this thing is happening, right? Like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, an example of a game we played in. I think you were in this game. Was one of my favorite situations that I ever put you. I think you were in it. Was put you guys in. Was you're in an airship, mm-hmm. and it gets attacked by a dragon. And like, so basically, it's like the airship is crashing. And go. Mm. And it was like, figure something out, guys. The only thing I can tell you is the airship is going to eventually hit the ground. 
What are you going to do about it? I don't think I was in that. You game. were not in that one. No. But it was loads of fun because I sure. mean, it was it was basically saying that here's the framework. This is what's happening. Yeah, go for it. Sure. Uh, and I didn't know how it was going to end. It was really how the players were going to figure out what to do. You yeah. know. And I think it would be important as a part of that um, to not only give give this world do this world building, give them this context, but also give them tools, printable tools, right? Mm-hmm. Maps. Right. Um, diagrams. Well, I think even like you said, art. artwork is cool. Like art, yeah. here are symbols of these houses. Here's what these mountains look like. Here's right. what this wasteland area looks like, or this weird thing. You know, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So it's it's a again, it's a it's a theme agnostic source book to to um, give people present to people a world in which they can play and and tell whatever stories they want to tell. That's the kind of book I would buy. I would too. I would just read it. I mean, one of my favorite, but I think my single most favorite book ever printed by D and uh, by Wizards was the Manual of the Planes, mm-hmm. and all it was was different planes mm-hmm. of existence, and they were just so like they were so weird and so crazy and so out there. Mm-hmm. And just reading about them mm-hmm. gave me a thousand ideas of what to do mm-hmm. with a story for that, you know? Yeah. The Ravenloft campaign setting was one that I always loved and it did a lot yep. of that too, but, yeah. it, but it also got bogged down with charts and stats and, you know, and, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. And that stuff right. I hate. I don't have any interest in that. Right. Yeah, the crunch, right? Right. The yeah. crunch. Yeah. The yeah, fluffy yeah. stuff is fun. The crunchy stuff is, is, can be fun. But, you know, um, yeah. writing just the fluffy narrative stuff, though, um, and I don't mean fluffy in a negative way. I just, mm-hmm. you know, sure, that's sure. how we always describe it was crunch and fluff. And that's the stuff that really gets you jazzed, right? Mm-hmm. Some people get jazzed about numbers. That's okay. Um, but yeah, you and I are the type of person that's like, oh, wow, like, yeah. this is a cool setting. Yeah. So so that was kind of kind of what I want to talk about tonight. It's, it's something that I've been kind of thinking about. Uh, and I am curious to hear feedback. Um, do other people think that this is something that they would use? Is is this something, is this a tool? I don't know how many RPG players we have that, that listen to the show, but it is, is that a thing? Maybe you're more like we are and that you love the world building. Um, and selfishly, it, it's, it's a thing that I could do that could give me my kind of my part of my RPG fix as an adult who doesn't have, have the opportunity to play with, play the game the way i normally would um so yeah so i'd be curious about feedback thoughts input to those concepts you could also do the exact same thing with characters to where you're making yeah giving backstory to characters that's that is system agnostic and even setting agnostic right i mean i could give you a backstory for a modern day person a fantasy person and a futuristic person Mm -hmm. And I could make it so that you could not tell which was which. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. By just giving, you know, scenarios and stuff. And um, yeah. Well, gosh, still one of my favorite all time things that I've ever bought. Uh, I think it was Paizo uh, did a couple of series of these. Yes. Yeah. Just a, a deck of cards that had faces on it. Yep. And that was it. Yep. And it was awesome. And they, they also did a couple of sets that were items too. Yeah, you used those in the campaign you ran for us where yeah. you'd be like, you meet this guy. Right. And it was like, that's so cool. And it was just great to have a face to put to something, right? Yeah. And then every time that guy would talk, I'd hold his card up again and say, this is the guy you're talking to. Remember this guy, right? Yeah. And that was just so meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those were cheap too. They were cheap, Comparatively, yeah. 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 Uh, I still love those cards. I don't actually know where they are right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. Yeah, I've got a lot of cards in different places. Anyway, so that was that was 
that was uh, uh, what I want to talk about. I, I think that's a fun idea that I would like to probably poke at some more. The challenge there, of course, is hiring some artists to do work that goes along with that. Right. You know, right. some of that I could do myself, but not all of it. Right, right. No, I I think that's such a cool idea. Yeah. So, yeah. And then what do you do with that, right? I mean, I, I guess, I guess you, in order for it to make sense, because you got to pay the artists, you got to sell it. One thing that could work is setting up a Patreon. That's true. And then saying like, you know, guaranteed access to this content as long as you're, I don't yeah. know how that works, but uh, but you know, if you pledge at a certain level, you'll get this bonus content every month and that would help fund the artists. Yeah. Uh, and then also even fund a little bit of money for you to spend more time on it. Right. right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and you know how much I hate business. Um, right. So by the other, my other thought is, well, you know, you could do it as a Kickstarter, but that's the kind of thing that I would just, I would want to have everything written and done and everything that I could possibly be do, possibly do be done at that time. And then run the Kickstarter to get money to pay the artists for that. And then once it's done, just release a PDF. I probably wouldn't even go so far as to print it, but just release a PDF with high-res art. You can also, like Amazon, you can do short-run printing. Yeah. Like super short-run to where it's like, it just is expensive. So you just yeah. charge a lot for the hardcover book. If you want to pay 40 bucks, you can get the hardcover book. Sure. Or, you know, otherwise, PDF. Yeah. And most people just buy the PDF. Right. So, so. Anyway. Um. Now it's my turn to pitch a game. It is. Unless you have other stuff you want to talk about. Get pitching. We've got one email when you're done. So right. try not to pitch for 17 hours. No, this is going to be a short pitch. So, so um, this is this is going to be kind of goofy. Um, I was at work the other day, and uh, a guy a guy I work with, uh, he, he we were talking about how none of us ever carry cash, and he's like, you know what, man, I've actually had I've had three dollars in my wallet for like the last year that I haven't spent on anything because I don't know what am I going to spend $3 on. And of course, I'm thinking, oh, you can buy a soda with that or whatever. But he said, what I really need is somebody to just run a bracket or some squares or something so I can just buy in on that and be done with it. <laughs> just get rid of that movie. Get rid of that money. And I was thinking about that and I thought, you know, that would be fun. Wouldn't it be fun to just, just create some kind of dumb game for gambling, right? Like, I don't, I'm not a sports fan, so I'm not going to buy in on March Madness in, you know, this month. Uh, I, I didn't do Super Bowl pools. I, I didn't do any of that. So, but what if, what if you could still do something like that? Some kind of a, a buy-in thing, you know, a, a company buy-in, everybody puts in a dollar and whoever, the winner gets the pot at the end, right? What if there was a way to do that that was just sort of silly and goofy? So I've got an idea. All right, I'm okay. in. It's called Gamble Who. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what we're doing here you get a guess who board. You know guess who? Yeah, I'm I'm familiar. I think everybody knows guess who. Yeah. Okay. A guess who board has 26 faces on it. When you're playing guess who, mm-hmm. each player has a board. You you shuffle the cards and everybody gets one face. And then you have to ask questions of the other player. Does your person have a mustache? Does your person wear a hat? You know those sorts of things and you knock them down and whoever the first person to to figure out who you are is the winner. Okay. You only need one board. You take that deck of cards, you shuffle it up, you pull one card out, and you put it away. Seal it in an envelope somewhere, keep it secret, keep it safe. Okay? Nobody knows what that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. The rest of the deck, you also keep secure somewhere. Nobody can access it, except for the impartial kind of administrator. I, that would be me. Okay. Because I'm not playing, I'm not buying in, I'm just running the game. Taking a cut. <laughs> uh, I would not take a cut. You're bad at business, Rob. Okay. As you play the game, every day you're going to reveal one card from the deck and that person gets knocked down. 
as you play the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you do that every day for four weeks. So by the end of four weeks, you've knocked over 20 faces and there's only six left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, players, in order to play the game, you have to pay $1 to buy in. Mm-hmm. You buy in, you get four points. Okay. Each week, you spend your point to choose one face. Okay. And that's, you're saying, I think this guy is going to be the last one. Okay. Okay. And you can, you can. Oh, so you don't get knocked out then. Right. So I, so, so each week you're going to put in one point. You're going to mm-hmm. say, I think this is the guy. I think this is the guy is going to be the one that's chosen. You, none of us know. We have no right, idea. Right. right? So it's just a guess. It's just a wild guess. Right. But uh, each week you have to, you have to put in one point every week, period. You can put it in at any time during that week. But you have to put in one point that each week. If you don't put in a point, if you don't spend a point in a week, that, that point's forfeit. You don't get to save it for the next week. Okay. So you do that over the course of four weeks. Why would, you, why would everybody not wait till the end of the week? To I'll tell in? you why. Oh, oh. Okay. But wait, there's more. Okay. So at the end of four weeks, you've knocked down 20 faces. There's only six left. Okay. At that point, you reveal what the, what the winning face is. Okay. Now, how do you decide who the winner is? You look at that, and whoever has put the most points into that face wins the pot, wins all the money. But what if there's a tie? Right. Okay, if more than one player, two or more players, put in the same number of points on that face, mm-hmm. then whoever put the, their point in first it breaks the tie. Okay, okay, okay. And additional layer, the first player to put their point in on that face that first point is worth two points. Oh, okay, okay. So right. that's that's big, right? So if you if I've got if I if I put in if I was the first person to choose Joe, right, uh-huh. and then I put another point in on Joe, and then you later put in three points on Joe, you win. I would win because yeah. my first one would count for two, and I put it in before you did, right? So I right. would win, right? So, yeah, that's cool. That's the idea. I like it. I, so, so I ordered a guess who board from Amazon. Should be sh- showing up in the mail tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm going to announce the game to to my team uh, uh, on Friday of this week, and we're going to play Gambling Who or Gamble Who. Gamble Who. Yeah, I like it. And we'll see how it goes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think it sounds really stupid. It's, it's just fun though. It's I just would do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a goofy, stupid team thing that we're going to do, and and I'm sure it'll be really stupid. And then, okay, spoilers here. Don't tell anybody that I work with about this, Jason. Okay. Builders, I'm swearing you to secrecy here. Okay. So this is March. In April, because the Guess Who board, you can pull those faces out of those car, those plastic things. So in April, what what show is coming back in April? Game of Thrones. Game of Who. Nice. So you're okay. going to fill it with Game of so Thrones put Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones faces in there for April. If it goes well in March, we're going to do it again in April. Nice. And then uh, I think that that just touches off a series of of guest games. And every month or every time we do a round, we'll put a new set of faces in there. Yeah, It'll be yeah. fun. You could do it with the team as well. Well, we talked about that. We don't have 26 people on our team. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about using other people in the company, but mm-hmm. we don't want anybody to feel like we're making fun of them. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to go with, you know, impartial popular right. Culture, right. culture stuff. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, May, the Avengers comes out. That's true. There are definitely 26 people in that. We could do Avengers, right? <laughs> or at least 26 right. characters in that. So I was doing some Googling. It turns out that somebody made a, a set called Guess Wu, and it's all members of the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty BA, dude. Yes. It's, it's, it's Wu-Tang and, and like, you know, adjacent rappers and stuff. 
Uh, so at some point we're going to do Guess Who. Uh, nice. I also th- think that we should do uh, Guess Whoville. Uh, and it's just a bunch of Who's from, from Dr. Seuss. Yes. Um, or it might be Guess Seuss. I'm not sure how we'll, what we'll call that. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Guess. Uh, so what's the joke with Avengers? Guess Soup? Because they're all superheroes? Yeah. It could just be like. Avenge who? Maybe it's Avenge, Avenge who. who? Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's yeah, good. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're gonna keep playing with that. That's good. Yeah. Hopefully it goes over well. Hopefully it's not a horrible disaster. But I mean, that structure. Do you think your that that point structure makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. people might struggle when the, with the grasp on it. Yeah. So I, I I need to write it out in, in yeah. good clear detail. So just introduce the rules before we start playing. Right. And nobody has to buy in. It's totally optional. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's 12 people on my team, so the winner gets $12. So we're not talking high stakes here. Right, right, yeah. right. Have everybody put a fiver in. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't That's do work. That. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah. I like it. It's going to make me the coolest boss in that whole building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One level I'm out there that's already up for grabs, so. Not sure that. Just anyway. Saying, yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing games when it was. I was the OG. That's true. You were playing games for anybody else. Original gamester. Yeah, that's true. Right. Uh, We have an email. One email. This email comes to us from around the world, folks. Around the world. This email comes from Tom Cox from, it's titled, Greetings from Australia. Hi, Robin Jason. I'm a listener from Melbourne, Australia, and discovered your show on my podcast addict app about nine months ago. I have since listened enthusiastically to nearly every day and am up to episode 220-ish. Whoa. I love the show. Uh Uh-oh. And I really feel like I'm there with you on your journey as you seek to get your games published. And the show Saloon Tycoon has just come out. Uh, Listening to the past episodes allows me to look up your games on BGG and see what what ended up making it. I even went uh, to my friendly local board game store and asked if they had Saloon Tycoon or in real estate, and they didn't. Oh, for shame. For shame. Um, so I'm going to try and find copies of those because I'd love to play them. If you read this on the show, I probably won't hear it for another six months because <laughs> I've got so many episodes to go. Uh, but I want to say keep up the great work, and thanks for inspiring me uh, to work on my game design. All the best, Tom Cox. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Cool. I, th- I thought about replying to your email, um, but instead I'm not going to. I'm just going to make you wait until you've heard <laughs> it now, uh, which is pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't, oh gosh, what would it cost to ship a copy of a, a game to Australia? I have no idea. I have zero. Literally have zero idea. Context for what Heck that of a lot cost. more for you than it would for me. I know. That. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that is definitely true. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, we yeah. could ask a publisher who would know. Who would know? Yeah, maybe know. we should do that. That'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, 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 that's super cool. Um, uh, it, it always freaks me out a little bit when people say they've been listening every day, and right, like, right. like, oh gosh, I, I promise we're not that good. I don't. I, I'm sure there's something better you could be doing with your time. I'm flattered, but yeah, uh, boy, I can't listen to us every day. <laughs> <laughs> once a week yeah that's more than enough um all right cool my wife definitely doesn't like to listen to me every day no no i don't i don't yeah i feel yeah. like even sometimes my cats have had enough of me <laughs> listen well, they, dad we need a day off yeah come on man. <laughs> all right yeah but thank you tom thank you 
This was a good episode. I think so. I feel good about it. Yeah. You're going to do the outro? Like you did the intro. Sure. Oh, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You could call us, uh, 770-TELL-BTG. You could catch us on the Twitters at podcastbtg, at poorly underscore designed, at J.A. Slingerland. And you could also like us in places, Facebook us, don't Facebook us, I will never check that. Um... Yeah. In fact, everybody should just stop using Facebook. Everybody should delete their accounts because Facebook is evil. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for that. That's great. Yeah. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It is. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'll never delete it. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm a small business owner, Facebook uh, is even more important than it ever was. I see. So LinkedIn, real quick. LinkedIn is terrible, right? Yeah. See, this is my favorite thing about LinkedIn. You know how, like, when somebody sends you a like, join me on, and then it like reminds you for it. like, yeah. then it reminds you like seventeen more times. Oh, I love that. That's so, the best. So I have the LinkedIn app now because I actually have to care about LinkedIn. Uh-huh. This is the most LinkedIn thing that ever was LinkedIn. Every morning when I get up, there's a notification on my LinkedIn app, uh-huh. and when I click on it, you know what it says? You're up to date. That's what it says, Rob. They <laughs> notify you to tell you that nothing has changed to get Great. you to look at their app. That... Can't turn the notifications off. You know why? Because then I won't see when someone messages me. And since I have a business, I actually need to know that. That sounds like LinkedIn. It's the worst. So anyways. Hey, hey, Jason. Jason, yeah. want to let you know, nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, nothing, yeah. Nothing's going on. Nope. Nothing. Okay. All right. Jason. Mm-hmm. Still nothing. Nothing's going on. Hey, Rob, guess what's happening now? What? 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 The show's over. Oh. Good night. Good night. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All ideas presented by Rob and Jason are the property of the Building the Game podcast. We sure hope you'll join us again soon. Until next time... Dial 770-TELL-BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>